Hey, St. James, uh, my name is Remda Allen Taylor and I am one of the vicars here at St. James. Uh, this is the sermon for the 20th of November, which is the sermon, is the week before Advent, and so it's known as Christ the King. And this is uh, our sermon, our talk. I am reading from the daily readings. We've got Jeremiah 23, verses 1 to 6. It's Jeremiah 23, verse 1 to 6. And Luke 23, 33 to 43. I'm going to read the um, Jeremiah passage. But I will be talking about the Luke passage too. So we're in Jeremiah chapter 23, verses 1 to verse 6. What sorrow awaits the leaders of my people, the shepherds of my sheep, for they have destroyed and scattered the very ones they were expected to care for, says the Lord. Therefore, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says to these shepherds. Instead of caring for my flock and leading them to safety, you have deserted them and driven them to destruction. Now I will pour out judgment on you for the evil you have done to them, for I will gather together the remnant of my flock from the countries where I have driven them. I will bring them back to their own sheepfold, and they will be fruitful and increase in number. Then I will appoint responsible shepherds who will care for them, and they will never be afraid again. Not a single one will be lost or missing. I, the Lord, have spoken. For the time is coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up a righteous descendant, from King David's line, he will be a king who rules with wisdom, who will do what is right and just throughout the land. And this will be his name. The Lord is my righteousness. In that day, Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, as I said before, Christ the King is a week before Advent. And it reminds us, before we start the whole descent into Advent and Christmas, who's coming again? Who is this Jesus? Our two readings both point to Jesus as King and the answer to a promise. Jeremiah was writing from around 626 um, BC, before Jesus, and he is warning God's people to turn back to God. They didn't. And in 586, uh, Jerusalem is raised. Uh, the city is besieged and eventually they tear it apart. Everyone except the very poor are taken away to Babylon, which is in Iran. And it's from there that we get the stories of Daniel and the lions then, and Radchach, Meshach and Abednego. Um, and then afterwards of Nehemiah, where we get a picture at the beginning of Nehemiah of what Jerusalem actually looked like when he goes back after its destruction. All of this happens within a wider story, though. And it's a story, a narrative that begins right at the beginning of the Bible. And it's the story of God as king. So at the beginning... God makes his kingdom. He makes uh, the Garden of Eden. But it's interesting, when he makes people, 
they don't trust that they're good enough. That's their temptation. They're not bothered about the fruit until um, the snake says, you can be like God, you can be like God. They forget that they are already part of God's kingdom and they have already been given the responsibility of creating the world when they name the people, the animals. They are already good enough. And they forget that God is faithful enough. And whenever a snake says your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, they believe that there is yet that they are missing out on. There is good that they have not yet received. Do you know their eyes are opened? And they encounter not more good, but shame. It's the opposite of what God wanted for them. It's the story of a beginning when God was king and when we forgot that he was king. God remained king of the Israelites though until 1 Samuel 8 when they reject his judges and they want a human king. They ask for a human king. Saul is the first human king followed by David who was chosen by God. He was a shepherd, thinking back to our Jeremiah reading, the shepherds have behaved badly. Well, David was a shepherd. And then after David, the behaviour of the following kings gets worse and worse and worse. And we find in Jeremiah that the people are burning incense to other gods that they have made. They have completely forgotten that they have other gods, not just other king, not just the king that they can see, their earthly human king. They have forgotten that they are part of a kingdom that they cannot see. They have lost their identity as people with a heavenly king. They've forgotten God's faithfulness. They've forgotten his power. And they're looking in the wrong places to try and get it back. Jeremiah spends 40 years trying to convince them to come back. All of this happens 500 years before Jesus. And God is already saying, I'm coming in Jeremiah. I'm coming. God chose David. And again, God is going to act and bring a new king, just like he chose David. But this king is different. The words associated with this king is Wisdom. Wisdom. In Proverbs 8, we hear about wisdom. And wisdom is this woman, but often connected with the Holy Spirit. When they're full of wisdom, they're full of Holy Spirit. So this new king is going to be filled with Holy Spirit. This king is going to be a picture of what God is actually like. He will do what is just and what is right. And then we see Jesus and we see what he's doing and we see him dying in our Luke passage. The Luke passage is the story of Jesus' death. It's interesting when we read it, the crowd are watching and it's the officials and the soldiers those with earthly power, 
who were taking cheap shots at Diamond. The crowd are just watching. Now, I'm not going to tell you what they were thinking because I wasn't there and I don't know and I didn't ask them. But it's interesting that those in power are the ones that are taking cheap shots, um, making silly jokes. But when we look at Jesus' life, and if we were to see his life, his earth life as his beginning of his reign, then we see healing, and we see deliverance, and we see words of knowledge, and we see resurrection, and we see a gathering of people irrespective of where they come from. We see hopeless. We see hope for the hopeless, not hopelessness. The opposite of that. We see justice. We see wisdom. And we see authority. Do you know what else we see? Jesus knew who he was. I and my Father are one, he said. And when Pilate, now Luke reading, suggests that he is king, he doesn't argue. He knows who he is. In fact, in John's Gospel, in John 18 and 19, we see the moment in John 19 when Pilate realises that Jesus is king. Not only is he king in a kind of like, that's quite random way, he's the king of the Jews, he is God. And the Gospel says he's frightened. And he tries to save Jesus' life. But the chief priests have forgotten Pilate has just seen. In John 19, verse 15, they say, We have no other king but Caesar. Like Adam, like Israel, they have forgotten who they are. But Pilate knows. Sometimes it takes an outsider, doesn't it, to show us where our blind spots are. Pilate put a sign on top of Jesus' head that he wouldn't have changed, and it says, This is the King of the Jews. Luke 23, verse 38. Now Jesus died, but he rose and he still lives, and he is the King. His spirit and his breath is in us, and we are his people. But now in the UK, we are living with two kings. We have King Charles II and we have King Jesus. And sometimes it's easy to remember that King Charles, who will soon be on our coins and his name will be sung, is, it's, hard, it's not hard to forget that he's the king. But sometimes we forget that actually the one true king is Jesus. One of the kings in the UK, well, he lives in castles. The other one lives in our hearts. One has been marked by bags of money. The other is marked by justice, righteousness and wisdom. One we can see on the telly. But one we can meet every day. There's one who has no idea what poor feels like. And there's one who is marked by there's one with an unfortunate history of humanness, of getting things so very wrong and then occasionally right. One is marked by faithfulness and wisdom. I know who my king is. I know who
who I want to follow. Sometimes I need to know who I am in Jesus' kingdom. I know who I am. In the child's kingdom, I am a subject. In Jesus' kingdom, I am a friend. And I know more about what is open to me in this world when I look at the kingship of Jesus. It is a kingdom of hope and of wisdom. That's my king. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you sent Jesus. That his story is part of a story from the beginning and it's also part of my story and our story. Story of the king. Father, help us to see your kingdom, to welcome your kingdom, to pay heed to your kingdom rather than the kingdoms of this earth. Strengthen us to follow you. And I pray this in Jesus' name.